0: Welcome to the CivBoot Podcast. I'm finally back to recording some videos after being uh, very busy uh, moving out here to a small farm. Uh, It's been a joy, and I've been working on some CivBoot stuff in the meantime. So I'm excited to announce uh, the creation of my new programming language, Fungi, FNGi. It's under the CivBoot uh, repository at civboot.org. You can go take a look. It's very early stages still, but um, I think it's a, definitely a proof of concept, a minimum viable product kind of thing working. Uh, it's, I'm very happy with it. Uh, 1,500 lines of C. It writes um, kind of a, an assembly kind of language and a, and a virtual machine for a bytecode. And then in about 1,500 lines or so of that, uh, creates uh, bootstraps into a more full-featured language, kind of a C-like, fourth-like, um, not a reverse Polish notation, like a, a conventional standard Polish notation. Looks very like much like C, um, but an ultra lightweight compiler um, using what I jokingly call a concrete syntax. So yeah, uh, good, good progress there, excited to see it. I think it's a very good proof of concept. I'm going to try and extend it to maybe work on a Z80 microcontroller or something similar. Uh, there's a few changes I'm planning uh, here in a few weeks that I'm gonna make so that I can work on 16-bit systems. And then uh, and I have some weird decisions I made that need to be cleaned up. And uh, and if I can demonstrate that it works in, uh 64k of memory on an 8-bit microcontroller, that would be pretty much pretty good. It'd be it'd be a pretty good demonstration that it's viable for SIP boot. Um so I want to talk today a little bit about complexity and the usefulness of complexity. Because this is really something that I think um people in similar situations as me where they look at this, the, the world and the complexity of technology kind of get um, sad, honestly. They get demotivated about the state of complexity of the world. So first of all, one of the core goals of CivBoot is to reduce the complexity of technology. Um, specifically so that a small group of people, say 50 to 500, could learn and rebuild a new CivBoot from scratch within like eight years something like a high school through college kind of education, something along those lines. Um, So I think a lot about complexity. Uh, It's a problem I think about a lot. Um, And I think a lot about complexity for my programming language. Um, For programmers, there are many concepts that are kind of thrown around regarding complexity. Complexity in programming language, complexity in libraries, things like lines of code. Software bloat is often expressed this way, such so as, did you know the Linux kernel is 20 million lines of code? Isn't that crazy? That's a lot of a lot of code. Uh, memory model and language internals is another way complexity is expressed. Like, how does your programming language hide things from you? It doesn't hide the complexity of the machine, um, because modern hardware is really complex, um, and a lot of that is hidden from you uh, with even languages like C, but especially languages like Java or Python. Um, so like this is kind of a how close to the metal are you? Um, also language design. Uh, how safe is your language? How complicated is it to keep all the concepts in your head? Uh, and not accidentally shoot yourself in the foot? Um, is there undefined behavior? Um, So I came across this really awesome optimizing backend for C called QBE. I invite you to check it out. Uh, It's got some good notes on it, and I think it might be kind of a direction the project goes once I get a fully bootstrapped uh, fungi. Um, I could theoretically implement something like QBE and compile for native platforms instead of compile for the virtual machine. Um, But that would be down the road. But anyway, all these concepts, type systems, optimization, safety checks, linters, sanitizers, tests, APIs, documentation, serialization, macros, the build systems, how easy is it to learn? how difficult are the concepts to communicate to others all the, what different libraries are there modules, how do they work together um, how, how integrated are these things you know uh, how coupled are they um, an experienced programmer, there's a whole cloud of tools, concepts, processes, that is what they base their profession on, right? Like their day-to-day life is like, is living these things. Um, And so this pile of tools mentality is something I've been thinking about. Um, I follow a blog called The Convivial Society. It's a little too dense for me, uh, but one of the things that really speaks to me is this Uh, This guy named Ivan Illich, um, I think from the 1900s, uh, early 1900s-ish, talks a lot about how our society really is just building up a pile of tools to build a new tool, and eventually that becomes a new pile of tools. And so we're just a pile of tools to build a pile of tools to build a pile of tools, and these piles get bigger and bigger and more and more complex and more and more difficult to maintain, and we end up just maintaining tools, not maintaining things that grow us as people help us understand the world we're just more and more understanding tools not understanding things that relate to ourselves being grounded in um, in things that help us as humans exist in this world essentially um, kind of like this looking at the psychological impact of technology um, and as someone who's embedded in technology, this feeling, the psychological impact, can get very visceral. Uh, it can feel like you're trudging. like It's like it's a mud that you're trudging through. You're just trying to get through this complexity. And you just feel like you're on the surface, um, like you're just skimming a jump heap, a junk heap. You're just skimming it, looking for anything valuable that's kind of poking through, but you can't dig down uh, for fear of what might be under there, that you'll break the system. Um, I think it's important to have a framing for these feelings. Um, As somebody who thinks about complexity and realizes the complexity, it can get overwhelming. Um, So there's three points uh, I wanna bring up. The first is that complexity always serves a purpose. Whether or not it's a purpose you think is valid, it always serves a purpose. The second is that the growth of complexity is a natural part of all processes, including life. Life is growth of complexity, life, death. That's a normal pattern. And the third is you don't have control over any of these things, or you have very, very limited control, at the very least. So let's let's look into each one of these. So for reframing one. Complexity always serves a purpose, and that purpose might not be something you think is valuable. And as I mentioned, organic life, if you look at historically, it became fantastically large and complex during the prehistoric era. And then it radically died off and simplified after there was a calamity, the asteroid impact. Um, And something to realize from this, this is a reframing, this is a different way of looking at complexity, the world, trying to reframe the ideas into something that allows you to not feel so down. (laughs) Um, This complexity was neither good or bad. It simply was. It's not bad there were dinosaurs. It's not bad that life got complex and then died. It's just, it was the way it was. And technology is undergoing a radical expansion of complexity as well. And its primary purpose has, I mean, its purpose, which you may or may not agree from, but its purpose is it allows millions of engineers to work together on a similar problem. That's, that's primarily why we create all these abstractions, all these tools. It's because people need to work together on the same problems collaboratively. And to do that, people have built layers upon layers upon layers of highly complex systems. They've standardized and carried the standardizations through Backwards compatibility uh, just carries infinite cruft, uh, language like C++ or the Linux kernel. Linux kernel is not a language, but uh, technologies like the Linux kernel and um, x86, Intel x86 just have tons of cruft, lots of transistors being essentially wasted, you might say, on backwards compatibility. Certainly lots of complexity being wasted on backwards compatibility, which in some ways simplifies things. You don't have to recompile or rethink or resolve a problem, but of course it adds, it adds complexity over time. Um, and eventually this edifice will become too complex for its own weight. Everything eventually dies. This too shall pass. It's a cycle of life and a cycle of death. You can't have creation without destruction. So it's just part of normal life and you can just let it be that way. Um, It is serving a purpose and that's okay. So that's the free framing too. The growth of complexity is a natural part of all processes. Life, including your life and the cycles within your life are a process which starts small and simple, they grow and evolve in complexity, and then they die and are reborn for the next generation of complexity. And the next generation is not the same, it's different. Maybe it's slightly more complex. Maybe it's slightly simpler, even. But it is a cycle of life, birth, and death, or birth, life, and death. Um, this describes cycles, of season, with plants and animals growing to fantastic interconnected ecosystems and webs, and then withering, dying, sleeping, burning, etc. Describes evolution, the inevitable creation and extinction of species. And at the small scale for software developers, uh, you constantly see new libraries and languages arrive, become popular, then die. And the same is true for technology trends, hardware, etc. We haven't quite experienced this on the software hardware side with a large scale die off. Um, over the last 100 years or so, we've just seen constant technological growth without really a massive die off, but it will eventually happen. And the final reframing is you as an individual don't have any control over this so don't try to control it fighting trying to fight the growth of complexity of you know all technology is attempting to fight against life essentially um, nature doesn't fight complexity it finds niches where simplicity can start fresh um, also there's the stoic principle of just letting go This is a capital Stoic, the ancient philosophy. Just let go of that where you have no control. Um, This is also um, part of that prayer, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, Um, Lord let me accept the things I cannot change, right? Um, You let go of that which you have no, no control, and you rest, you take a break. You. Relax, you wait, and you see what areas actually matter and what areas your focus is actually useful. Um, There's a Taoist principle of waiting until the right action arises. It's not that you don't take action, it's not that you're a total pacifist, it's that you wait until the right action arises. So I hope with those three reframings, uh, for those who deal with complexity and feel down about complexity. Um, Again, the reframings, that complexity always serves a purpose, that the growth of complexity is a natural part of all processes, and that you don't have any control over the growth of complexity. Um, The most you could do is find a niche or ignore it. Um, Hopefully that helps you, uh, and hopefully it helps frame a little bit of the Sibboot project as well. So thank you very much uh, for subscribing. Sorry about the long break. Uh, Not sorry. Uh, This has been a great move for us to work remotely and work on the farm. Uh, We have some animals. We're planted some fruit trees, trying to grow a food forest, try out this permaculture thing. Uh, Very excited about all of that and very excited to continue working on Seboot. So thank you very much.